The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. This is the Bear of Texas, and once again, it's my honor to bring back my good friend and mentor, Steve Adams. Welcome back, Steve. Greetings from L.A., where I'm doing this podcast as I'm sipping on a very nice uh, Zinfandel from Sonoma County, and... um... My wife just made an outstanding dinner and ready to talk some soccer. It's been it's been crazy because usually we do our weekly recap, but since the week 18 and 19 got so mixed up and there was a couple of makeup games from week 16, I mean, it's been crazy. And the results, you know, are just so unpredictable. The table's really, you know, things are just really picking up. But if you're a Liverpool fan, it's it has not really been a good couple of weeks. No, it's been a it's been a very awful last four weeks, and we may as well use that as a segue in today's loss at home against Burnley, the first home loss in the EPL for Liverpool since 2017, 68, 68 match, unbeaten streak at Anfield, down the twos. Uh, Liverpool is now in fourth place. They are now six points behind Man U. And um, let's not forget, they also have a game coming up against Tottenham, who, I mean, everybody is in better form than Liverpool right now. I mean, Liverpool is just having a hell of a time scoring goals. Um, there's priests and nuns that have had more action than Liverpool has had in, in the last four weeks in front of goal. Another goose egg today, um, Jurgen Klopp tried to mix things up a little bit with the with the lineup because Mane, Salah, and Firmino really hadn't been doing anything. Um, he kept Shakiri in the starting lineup. Shakiri actually had a good first half against Man U over the weekend in a 0-0 draw at Anfield. Uh, but he went with um, Origi and Ox Chamberlain along with Mane as the forwards. And then later on in around the 57th minute, he brought in Salah and Firmino off the bench. Liverpool had possession in the game, lots and lots of possession. Um, Origi clanked a really, really good opportunity off the post. And then, as the old adage says, if you don't take advantage of your breaks, you will get punished. 83rd minute, Allison Becker uh, fouls um, Ashley Barnes. 
and Barnes can he converts the penalty in the 83rd minute. Nothing much you can say. I, I think you have to give a lot of credit, as much as it's easy to rip on Liverpool, but uh, you also have to give a lot of credit to um, to Burnley for keeping their defensive shape. Um, Nick Pope did a really good job in goal for Burnley. And, um, you know, just a really, really solid effort from those central defenders. Uh, me and Tarkowski played fantastic, uh, almost desperation-type defense in some cases. But they kept their shape. They kept their defense. Uh, they didn't give up any penalties. Um, you know, a hell of a win for Burnley. And then it also had the added uh, benefit for Burnley is it moved them up to 16th place, and now they're seven points ahead of Fulham uh, as far as trying to keep away from the drop zone. It's really been kind of a drought, too, for uh, for the Reds because they've now gone four consecutive Premier League games without even scoring a goal. No. I mean, it's just uh, it's just been been brutal. And, I mean, you can really tell in, in the, the last 20 minutes of the game – I mean, Liverpool was definitely feeling the pressure, and uh, even when it was still 0-0, they were still feeling the pressure. Um, quality of the crosses, um, I mean, in the previous couple years, Trent Alexander-Arnold, absolutely masterclass crosser of the ball, uh, and you can say the same thing for, for Andy Robinson on, from the left side. But the quality of the service into the box just frankly has not been up to snuff. And we talked about this before a couple weeks back. The The bottom line is is nobody's afraid of Liverpool anymore. Um, so that whatever mystique, whatever psychological advantage that Jurgen Klopp's men had, it's gone. I mean, you made that pretty clear. You said in previous episodes that, you know, in a, in a long story short, like you were afraid this would happen, and apparently your fears are coming true now, or I, or I should say they've become true now. Well, it's kind of like the old thing, kind of like when you're when you're single and dating, and you're maybe a little bit desperate, and you're just finding a really hard time, just finding a girl to date or hook up with. Uh, they can sense desperation. Well, that's sort of where Liverpool is at right now. They're at such a point of desperation. And trying to score and trying to break that duck that they've had, uh, where they're they're not scoring goals, they're pressing so much that um, it, they're they're not showing a whole lot of innovation on their on their attack. Quality of the crosses aren't good, and then when opportunities are falling to the strikers, the strikers are being really wasteful with the chances. I mean, Origi really should have buried. His chance that he had earlier today—it's a shame, really. You know, R two D two is apparently shocked by what Liverpool's <laughs> become. But, yeah, but you know, you know that game, Man U and Liverpool. You know, I'm I I really am confident in the fact that the fact that Man U had chances but couldn't do it. I mean, it's gonna haunt them. I mean, they're lucky they're still in first. You know, they're only first because they were able to beat Fulham yesterday, but. Manchester City is, is the team to look out for, but but speaking of Manchester City, you know they they've suffered a huge blow today because Sergio Aguero tested positive for COVID, and apparently Kevin De Bruyne suffered an injury and he's out at least six weeks. That's huge. That's huge. De Bruyne 
has been one of the very, very best players in the EPL all year. And, uh, you know, Man City has been just lights out for the last month and a half. They played really good ball. They won a fairly entertaining game the other day, 2-zip over Villa. Villa did have some chances and some good looks at goals. Um, but, um, you know, you, you just got to give City credit. They played a really good game. And, um, you know, after, you know, the Silva goal, uh, Dean Smith, the Aston Villa coach, just absolutely lost his mind, uh, feeling that uh, there should have been an offsides on the play that should have prevented Silva's goal. And um, you, you should really watch the replay of it. Um, Rodri came back from an offside position, but he was pretty much played onside because when Mings chested the ball, when Mings made the contact with the ball, so that's an Aston Villa player, he sort of basically put it into Rodri's path, and then uh, the service that uh, Silva was able to score on but uh, but Villa had to play the rest of their game at, with minus their head coach who got red carded. Terrible, terrible. And look at all these results, you know. And from a makeup day, from match sixteen of thirty eight, you know. And speak actually, you know, last thing I should say about Manchester City, I think the last time they lost the game was September twenty seventh when they lost at home to Leicester City five to two. I think since then they've been on on an unbeaten run. They've been on a tear. Yeah. They- They've absolutely been on a chair, and they've had games in hand, and those games in hand that they're getting, they're winning, and um, they're looking really, really good. Uh, they're partners in crime from the red side of Manchester. Very entertaining game the other day against Fulham, which Man U won two to one. Uh, Cavani took advantage of uh, Fulham goaltender's Ariola spill spilling of the ball. Ariola may as well have just set the ball up on a silver platter that the Uruguayan just buried. And then uh, Pogba's game-winning goal was just absolutely a thing of beauty. Just a rocket uh, at the edge of the of the penalty box area on the deep right side. I mean, it was really a tough angle to try to make that shot. And, um, you know, Pogba... It's funny, ever since all that business, you know, several weeks back of him being so unhappy at Man U and he was, uh, you know, pretty much the invisible ghost for several of the earlier games. Well, for the past five weeks, Pogba's been lights out. And, I mean, he's playing like the player that we know that he can be when he dons a French national team jersey. And uh, Pogba has just been absolutely magnificent in the last five five weeks, I would say. So a uh, good win for Man U. Win on the road again. And this is one thing that I think bodes well for Man U is that their away form has just been fantastic. 17 away top flight games without a defeat. If you're able to play that well away from home, you know, you can you can do some serious damage in the standings, and Man U is doing it. Now, speaking of Pogba, you know, I did a, a solo uh, mission when I did a Manchester United episode on this, and I said at this point, uh, I'm not buying any any more Real Madrid transfer rumors. I, I think it's dead in the water. You know, 
I think it would have. I mean, maybe would have happened already, but COVID <laughs> kind of prevented the whole thing. It did mess it up, but I don't think Pogba is going anywhere. I mean, there's been small rumors that PSG wants him, but I'm not gonna buy it because you know we all know how PSG operates. They have all the money; they can literally go after anybody. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get the hopes up. But, but Pogba, I think in his case is he's not thinking about himself. He's just think he's thinking about his teammates, and he's just thinking about playing. I think that's why he's been good as well, because you know he, he finally got the drama out of his mind. He's focusing on where he's putting his concentration on where it needs to be, and he's playing great. They're playing really well, and outside of the the city of Manchester in the Midlands, uh, Leicester put a beat down on Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea's woes continued. Five losses in their last eight matches. Um, Chelsea had the, the majority of the possession, but as far as really looking the most dangerous and threatening throughout the entire game, um, you know, Leicester City by far and away looked uh, the best. And Didi scored a really nice first goal for Leicester. And, um, you know, the, the 2016 champs, I mean, they're, they're definitely looking like they belong in this, uh, in this title race. Um, do not count the foxes out. You know, as far as Chelsea goes, I think I'm more convinced than ever that Frank Lampard's days as a manager are more than numbered now. It, it would seem to be. You know, they just... Uh, I don't know how much of it's tactics. I don't know how much of it that he's lost the hearts and minds. How much of it has been bad signings. Uh, Timo Werner, who looked very promising for Chelsea's first couple of games of the season. Uh, Timo Werner has been pretty much MIA. Um, Pulisic, to be honest with you, hasn't been as much of a factor, although uh, initially in that game against the Foxes, he was fouled, and initially it was given as a penalty. But then upon VAR review, it was found that Pulisic was hacked down just outside the box. Um the ensuing free kick went a mile over the goal, wasn't even threatening. And that was really Chelsea's best chance to score a goal against Leicester and um, didn't happen. Uh, second second goal, uh, Madison, uh, nifty little finish to cap things off for Leicester City. And, um, and I've said it before, too, that I, I think that this is probably Brendan Rodgers' best job of coaching I think it's his best job of coaching since he was coaching at Blackpool and he was able to get Blackpool to, to rise up into the ranks and eventually get into the EPL. That's how he got his job at Liverpool was that masterclass job of, of managing. He did that very limited resources with a very unfancied club. Um, so, I mean, you really got to give Rogers a lot of credit. Um, the, the the Foxes are playing really, really well for the Northern Irishman. Absolutely. And as far as Chelsea goes, I mean, what really really rubs salt into that deep, uh, open, painful wound is the fact that over $300 million invested and it's not doing them any favors right now. No, it's not It's not doing any anything at all. So, um, yeah, I, I got to think that... Um, I think unless Lampard can start getting a win or two, I I just think at a certain point, I think uh, Roman Abramovich, the Chelsea owner, I think he's probably almost at the end of his Russian rope to to put up with it anymore. Because 
after spending all that money and having Chelsea sitting in eighth place, it's not acceptable. Well, if Chelsea loses to Wolverhampton on uh, on the 27th, well, I think that'll be the end of it. Yeah, truly must-win game for the Blues for that one. Uh, West Ham, very nice two-zip win over West Brom. Fantastic goal. Uh, the, the second goal scored by Antonio off of a, basically did what amounted to a scissors kick. He was just he was parallel to the ground when he when he finished the the kick to score the goal. Very very nice goal on that game. And um, you know David Moyes's West Ham. I mean they're staying you know right up there in the top half of the division of things. So uh, good win for them. They're in seventh place, and they're not—they're not too far. No, I mean they're—they're they're right in the mix of it. I mean, looking at the rankings now, I mean Liverpool's dropped to four, and you know Manchester City and, Le- and Leicester City are you know right there knocking on the door. And Manchester United was lucky to jump right back up, but it's, it's like I said, I mean, not being able to beat Liverpool is going to haunt them. Yeah, and then also on the subject of climbing at warp speed. A team that was not too long ago and sitting at 15th place, Arsenal, three zips shellacking of Newcastle, who has not won a game in all competitions in the last nine games. Um, they get a brace from Obama Yang, and um, let's see, yeah, just a just a really really nice game. Saka gets the other goal for Arsenal. So, uh, Emil Smith-Rowe had an extremely strong game for Arsenal in that game. Um, he's been sort of a, a revelation for the Gunners. Ever since that 3-1 win against Chelsea, Arsenal's been really taking good care of business. You know, so Three wins in their, in their last four. They had that draw against Crystal Palace, but, but that 3 nothing win against Newcastle. And speaking of Newcastle, you know, they gave... Um, uh, Sheffield United, their first win of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just all these surprising results. You know, it all, it's just so amazing to, to cram all these games, mix them up like this. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. But, uh, but anyway, but yeah, at least the, the noose is probably not quite as uh, draped around Arteta's neck, the Arsenal manager. As long as they keep winning, I mean, Arsenal still has a chance because, you know, there's still a lot, a lot of games to play. I mean, we're about to hit match day 20, and I mean, but that's 18, but there's still plenty to play. But now we're getting to that point where the window is beginning to close. Yeah, I I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, you keep it's, we're still not even halfway through the season yet. I mean, it seems kind of surreal to think about it. Here we are. January is winding down and, you know, we're just getting to the halfway point. Uh, you know, game 19 is considered the halfway point. So, um, I, I mean, given all the travails, I mean, every team has gone through a bad patch this season. You know, some earlier than others. Uh, Chelsea and Liverpool are going through their really awful patch right now from the last four to five weeks. Arsenal, all of a sudden, if they start stringing wins together, you know, and other people are struggling. I mean, they could they could certainly leapfrog and, and make a move. I mean, uh, a month and a half ago, I didn't think Arsenal would have a prayer 
of getting into the Champions League spots, I'm not so sure now. I think that now, given how everything is going and everything is so congested at the top, if Arsenal keeps winning, they can certainly be in the mix as far as for Champions League spots. They certainly are, and I would not, I don't, I would not count them out just yet. Looking at these, you know, I mean, all this, even, you know, Manchester City finally made up for their match day one where you talked about that, that 2 nothing win against Aston Villa. But, I mean, looking at this, you know, you know, a 2 nothing win for Leicester City over Southampton. It's, you know, my, my head is spinning a little, scrolling back up up and down and forth, uh, back and forth, you know, up and down. It's, uh, it's really making my head spin, but... Well, the thing is, there's there's so many teams that have had games that have been postponed. I mean, you know, in games that need to be caught up, uh, Villa, they've got two games they got to catch up with. Uh, Everton, they've got two games they got to catch up with. Southampton, two games they've got to catch up. Uh, Man City, they've got two games they've got to catch up with. So, I mean, you know, we talk about the standings, but... You know, the, the standings really aren't a true reflection yet until the teams like Man City, Spurs, Everton, Villa, um, you know, they, they got to get caught up. You know, especially in Tottenham's case because, you know, in Tottenham, you know, that 3 nothing win against uh, Sheffield United was a match 19 game. And, you know, I, th- I think in their 18, okay, it was actually in their match 16 uh, makeup you know they suffered a a draw at home against Fulham, so you know I mean, I mean Tottenham, you know, it was just a, a month or so ago where they you know, they were on top of the Premier League. They were the most dominant team. I mean, they thrashed Manchester City at Old Trafford, but you know they you know they started to do, drop like dominoes. Yeah, and um, you know there's just so much to play for. I mean, this has been unlike any. English top flight season than that I could think of. I mean, there really are at this point, you, you cannot rule seven or eight teams out that can, that can really make a push for the title. Um, I still think at, at this point, I think it's going to come down to the two Manchester teams and, and Leicester city. They just seem to be playing the more consistent ball but uh, but certainly the other variable that can't be overlooked is you know staying healthy. I mean now Man City's going to have their big challenge: Aguero out, De Bruyne out for six weeks. That's a huge, huge miss. Uh, he's such a creative force. Uh, he does the corners. He does a lot of the dead ball stuff for for Man City. So. Um, but it, it certainly has been probably the most interesting EPL se- season that I can think of as far as just the level. The, it's a level playing field. I mean, Manchester City has a game coming up against West Brom and then followed by uh, Sheffield United, but and then a game against Burnley. Then in early, February 7th, they'll play Liverpool, but and then they'll play Tottenham and then Arsenal. So we'll have a, little, a bit of a soft run at first, but you know, without those two players... It'll still prove to be difficult, but but doesn't Manchester City have two games to actually make up? I think they have one game against Everton and one against Southampton to uh, to make right. up for. Yeah, yeah, they play at Everton, and Everton's been playing some decent ball this year too at times. Uh, Carlo Ancelotti 
as as um uh, as believers over at Goodison Park. Uh, I mean, this is still by far and away the best Everton season that they've had in a very, very long time. Um, so you can't totally rule Everton out either. So, um, but those those will be interesting games. Uh, Everton Villa should be an interesting game to catch up. Villa Spurs, interesting game. Everton Man City, uh, Southampton Man City. Those are all going to be really, really good competitive games uh, against teams who have shown flashes that they can play this year. Yeah, I don't think they've come up with a, they haven't announced the makeup day yet because you know with all these games you know they have to catch up. I mean, it's it's just such a difficult and stressful situation. Well, no question, yeah. no question. Um, so, um, and then, I mean, this weekend. Saturday, there's only one match scheduled. That's Villa Newcastle. No Sunday matches that are on tap at, yet at this point. Uh, then the next match after Saturday, there's four matches on Tuesday, uh, five matches on Wednesday. Next Thursday, uh, that's a very huge Spurs hosting Liverpool next Thursday. So, um, so yeah, you know the the games are. You know, kind of, kind of trickling in, but um, not that many games this weekend. Yeah. It's going to be kind of weird. No, no games this weekend. You know, with the exception of Aston Villa and Newcastle, which is the which is a, a makeup day for match day number eleven from the two clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we get to match day twenty, and I think I'm ready. To, I'm, I think I'm ready to make some predictions for this week. Might be rusty. It feels like it's been ever since it's been forever since we did this. Been a little while. Game number one, Newcastle and Leeds United. Oh, boy. Oh, both teams are pretty unconvincing. I mean, Newcastle is 15th. Leeds United is you know, just three three spots up. and I don't know what to say. I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with a 0-0 draw, a blank scoreless draw. I'll actually take Leeds in this one. Uh, they're overdue for a good game, um, so... We'll see what Bielsa can do to light the fire under his kids. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so you got Leeds p- picking up the road win at Newcastle upon Tyne. Okay, all right. Crystal Palace and West Ham. This one, I see this one as a draw. Would you say like a scoreless draw or a 1-1 draw? I think it probably 1-1. West Ham showing that they can score some goals, so... Uh, I think that what will be finished like a one-one draw. Yeah. Probably. I mean, some of these, some of these games, you know, it, it's it's really hard for the, some of these games that have no, ex- they they lack the excitement. So you know, it, it's really hard to get into it. But then we get to Arsenal and Southampton. Interesting game down on the south coast. The Gunners are playing some really good ball for the last three four weeks. Uh, Southampton's been a little bit of a holding pattern. Um, I'm actually going to go with Arsenal in this one. I think Arsenal picks up the away goal, the away uh, all three away points. I agree, and and our, you know if Chelsea somehow loses to Wolver to Wolverhampton and Arsenal wins, Arsenal's going to leap Chelsea. Yeah, I mean that's definitely not out of the realm of possibilities. 
Uh, Man City makes a visit to the Hawthorns. I think they beat West Brom. Yeah, no question. But... Burnley Villa. Uh, Burnley's got to be kind of feeling their oats a little bit after their huge win at Anfield against Liverpool today. Um, I'll take Villa, actually, to, to steal the points on the road in this one. I'm going to have to go with yeah, Villa with a 2 nothing win. Chelsea Wolverhampton. I, I think Chelsea wins this one. Wolves is not as good this year as they, they were, you know, say in the previous couple years. Chelsea's really at a point of desperation. This truly is a must win. If Chelsea does not get all three points in this one, I'm like 99.9% certain that uh, Frank Lampard, Chelsea legend or not, is going to get the chopping block. I mean, if, I mean, if they lose, then you're at a point where you know we have no we have no choice. You know, because again, like I mentioned, over three hundred million dollars you know in investments and nothing nothing's come up so far. So and, and it's humiliating. I mean, that, that's just more salt rubbed into the wound. So, but as far as Chelsea, yeah, I have to go with it. Yeah, Chelsea wins, but Frank Lampard is going to be far from being let off the hook. Brighton hosting Fulham down on the coast. Um, I'm actually going to pick Fulham. I've been liking the fight that I've been seeing out of Fulham in the last couple of games that they played. They they really were like just this close to tying Man U the other day at the last minute. Um, so I think Fulham can get all three points down on the coast. I think Ful- Yeah, I, I, I'm going to agree with you on that. Ful- Fulham certainly gets it done, but and. Now we get to Old Trafford, Sheffield United versus Manchester United. The blades get chopped. Um, Man U, you know, just too much. Uh, They're feeling it. I think they get a fairly easy win over the Yorkshiremen. You know, (laughs) honestly, in my case, I I can't say, you you can't put the words easy win in in the same sentence as the name Manchester United because, you know... When Manchester United has all that potential, then you see sloppy play, and then they suffer a humiliating loss after a horrible play. It's it's bound to happen sometime. But in this game, I, don't, I think Manchester United wins. But I think it's I think it's going to be two nothing. Everton hosting Leicester City at Goodison Park. This is this along with Tottenham hosting Liverpool is probably the most compelling um, matchup on paper uh, coming into these fixtures um Leicester City has been playing so well um but Everton has showed flashes of brilliance too I think Ancelotti will have his guys amped up I think that they'll get a win over over the Foxes yeah I have to go with Leicester City Leicester City's been doing well and I think they I think they got it you know things are going well but I know ever with all due respect to Everton I mean Everton at one point was weren't they in the top of the, in first place at one point they were they were right there in the top two. Yeah, but, yeah they were right there. Yeah, and but uh, but definitely no parking the bus in this game. They're these are both teams that like to attack. They both like to go for it. So this will be a really fun game to watch. Absolutely. Um, which brings us to Spurs hosting Liverpool, and uh, Jose Mourinho has to just be licking his Portuguese chops with anticipation. Um, Liverpool going down to London, totally lacking in confidence, seeming to be lacking ideas. 
Um, now, the one thing in this bad streak that Liverpool has had, defensively they haven't been playing poorly. Uh, Becker gave up, unfortunately, the, the penalty with the foul um, that ended up being Liverpool's undoing today. But Becker also was really Liverpool's savior to draw to get the draw the other day against Man U. He made a couple of great saves in the second half to at least keep Liverpool from losing that game. Um, right now, just based on form, and even as a Liverpool fan, I just I just don't see Liverpool going to Tottenham and getting the win. I think Spurs get this win. You think so? You think Liverpool? Is going to get thrashed, or do you think they'll be able to challenge Tottenham? I I see them losing like two zip. That's probably the case. I would say a two zip is certainly absolutely realistic. So, but the problem in, in Liverpool's case, you know, if I'm looking at the standings, you know, they're thirty four uh, points. So this loss would pull them out of the top four, and then Tottenham would take their place right back up there. Yeah. So it would be humiliating um, for Liverpool. I mean, this was going to be a big game anyway, regardless. But because Liverpool's form has just been so absolutely shitty for its last four games, um, I mean, this is this is becoming close to a must-win game. Really, I thought today was a must-win game. I mean, as far as for Liverpool to really try to show that they belong in the discussion, as far as you know, possibly winning this thing. Um, but uh, Liverpool has just been dropping fast, and um, they're going to have to figure out a way to score some goals. Uh, Jota is not back yet; he cannot come back soon enough. Uh, but he's probably not back till mid-February. So, um, so yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I just see. I just at this point, I just see the misery continuing. It's unfortunate, but. Now that we're done, we're talking with the Premier League. Now, I really got to talk to you about this because apparently the Liverpool rumors with Killian and Bappe are, are beginning to – things are starting to pick up a little bit. Like it's, it's picking up a bit of momentum because apparently Jurgen Klopp uh, has been speaking with Mbappe. You know, he's still continually trying to get him to, to come over here, but do you still have your hopes up that, it, that, it's, that he's possibly on his way to Anfield? The young Frenchman's going to be in Liverpool soon? Would love to see Mbappe in a Liverpool shirt. That would, that would, that that would absolutely make my day to see Mbappe in a, in a Liverpool shirt, because at this point, I think he can provide something that is right now, Mane, Salah, Firmino, um, Origi, nobody seems to be able to hit the broadside of a bus right now, and I just think with Mbappe's pace, uh, his flair, and the man can finish. Um, I, why would you not want this guy on your team? I, I, I would be tickled to death if he would make the jump to Liverpool, you know, in the off season. I'm gonna be honest with you. If he goes to Liverpool, I'll be happy too. E- even though I'm a Man U guy, because you know, and, and I did an episode on Mbappe, and I explained, you no, know, he's at a point, you know, he's grown as a player. He's not the player he was when he left Monaco. So I think now he's getting the you know he's getting in his mid twenties now he's not he's not a teenager anymore so it's time for him to go to a place where there's better competition heavier challenges and in my opinion I think the EPL he's better off going to the EPL than, than going to La Liga because La Liga also kind of lacks that competition even though Real Madrid and Barcelona kind of have their heads up their butt right now 
But I, I think for Mbappe, going to England is the best thing for him. I think the, I think the style of the English game would suit him well. I mean, I think Mbappe is such a talent. I think he could play anywhere. But uh, I I personally would would love to see him uh, play with Liverpool. But uh, but I know for there's been so much talk about Mbappe going to Real Madrid. That talk has been going on forever. But um, but yeah, would would definitely love to see him. And I think that. Uh, Given the paucity of goals being scored by the guys in the red shirts, I think it might give uh, you know a really hard push. It might give some urgency uh, to the powers that be over at Anfield to see if they can can make this happen after this season is over. Because I think there's also still been talk about Salah wanting to go to Real Madrid. So I, I, my personal feeling is I think Salah is done with Liverpool after this season. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to see. I mean, if he's done with Liverpool this season, you know, if he does leave, if he's sold uh, away, then you can certainly expect Liverpool to finally, you know, more, more, you know, more stronger than ever as far as getting Kylian Mbappe. Like they're going to work fight harder than they ever did to get the guy. And as, as far as Real Madrid goes, you know, I still think, I think the whole thing with Mbappe would have happened already, but but since they have their hands full with uh, Eden Hazard, which, man, you know, to say that it's been a bust, man, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I don't think I don't even, I don't even know how many games he's even played. Has he even played ten games for Los Blancos since he's arrived there? Well, I'll tell you. Well, he's he's been injured a lot, but his form has been terrible when he's been on the field too. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure that uh, David Martinez, the Belgium manager with the Euros coming up. I'm sure he's kind of sweating bullets about Hazard's poor form with Real Madrid. I think that uh, once Hazard would get back with with his mates like uh, De Bruyne and Origi on the on the Belgian national team, Lukau, I think that you know things could change a little bit. But uh, but clearly uh, has has not been a good fit so far. Uh, and I'm surprised because Hazard really is a quality player. There's no question about it. He's a quality player. But uh, it's funny, though, how some guys can do really well in one league and then they go to another league and they're just a total bust. It's, it's very, very sad indeed. But but I, th- I think at this point, you know, I mean, if Mbappe goes to, ends up going to Real Madrid, then, you know, great, but I think at this point, there's the better chance he goes to England. I, I think Liverpool and Manchester City are going to go to a war to sign the guy, because rumor has it, Manchester City is after him, too. Well, and they've got the funds to, to go after him, and uh, with some of the some of the forwards at Man City that are starting to get to be a little bit long in the tooth, you know, getting a fairly young guy like Mbappe, uh, you know, I think that you know, he can certainly fit very well in Pep Guardiola's system. I think he would do very well. Again, I think Mbappe can succeed pretty much anywhere. Um, I've, I've just always been impressed with this young man. I mean, ever since he, when he was playing at Monaco and helped Monaco win a, uh, a title a, in France and then helped him make a deep run to the semis in the Champions League, uh, I've always been a really, really big fan of, of Mbappe. I mean, watching me watching that Champions League. I mean, that's that's where he caught my eye. And then, 
when he gets called up to the national team, I'm like, all right, well, here we go. France just, this kid could grow up to be France's, you know, most, you know, popular player. I mean, this guy could be bigger than Henri and Sizou combined. I mean, I'm probably exaggerating, but I mean, Mbappe is just something you've never seen before. I mean, he's a rare, unique talent. But. Well, well, I mean, already he's accomplished more than what a lot of players will ever hope to accomplish in an entire career. He's already accomplished a tremendous amount uh, for both club and country. So, uh, it, again, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah. All right, so that's the, But last thing I want to say, like, is, so apparently there was rumors, uh, apparently there's an election going on for the president of the, of the French Football Federation, and apparently one of the candidates vowed that if he wins... He he vows that he's gonna bring back Kareem Benzema. You know that worries me because if this dude gets on Dishon's nerves and there's a rift, a rift between the two, and Dishon's driven out of, out of the job, you know this worries me that the national team's gonna fall apart. All Deschamps has done is succeed with uh, the French national team. Got up to the Euro finals, lost on penalties to Portugal, uh, won a World Cup. Uh, He's, he's been so successful. Uh, he's very proud. He's a very driven man. And uh, if he were to be getting pressure from the FFF, Fédération Française de Football, French Soccer Federation, if he was going to be getting that type of pressure from on top, I could just see Deschamps saying, you know, screw it and, and leave. I just I don't see him putting up with that at all. That's the that's exactly what I'm afraid of, but but I don't I really don't I really don't think I mean I mean as far as Noel Legras, the current president, uh, is he able, is he able to win again or is he done? I'm not exactly sure how it goes. I don't really have a I don't really have a feel on that. You know, I mean, unfortunately, um, I haven't had a chance to. I I wish with my I wish with the cable system system that I have, I get the French news, but I don't get the the French uh, cable sports channels like Canal Plus and that type of thing, which um, it would make it a little bit easier to, to get a feel for that. But um, but I really don't know which way it's going to go, Alex. Okay. Well, there's actually Goal actually released a headline three days ago and did this all quote basically saying, "Frankly, it's not serious." Apparently, yeah, he dismisses Benzema's recall chances. So I guess Deschamps like, you know, this guy, he, he probably feels like this guy's just saying something just because he wants to get elected. But Deschamps, if he's not tripping about it, then I, then I guess there's really nothing to worry about. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole, you know, Deschamps has been nothing but a winner. You know, apparently a couple of egos, you know, just say that he's lucky. You know, my dad's an example of that because my dad hates, doesn't is not a Deschamps guy, but... You know, you can't take away from Deschamps. I mean, you know, he's one of the only three guys to win the World Cup as a player and and as a captain and, and as a manager. So, well, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, Deschamps won it all as a player: Champions Cup, European Nations Cup, World Cup as a player, manager. You know, he's he's won a World Cup. Uh, he hasn't coached a team. The only thing missing from his resume has been a club title as as a manager as far as like uh, the you know the champions league or anything like that that's that's the only thing that he's missing but 
it's a pretty darn rich resume, uh, CV, whatever you want to call it. It's a pretty rich one, and uh, you know, Deshaun's just a winner in my book. Yeah, he certainly is. Oh, and by the way, uh, it was actually an extra time. It was it was not a penalty shootout in the era. We lost uh, when Eater scored an extra time. It was in the hundred and tenth right. minute. Yeah. But but anyway, yeah. So you know, just to wrap up this block, like if Deshaun's not worried about it, then I guess we shouldn't be worried about it. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, and just you know, like I said before, if, if anybody's wondering what my thoughts are, Cantona's just a jealous, bitter guy. But anyway, Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Steve, it was an honor to have you back, and I can't wait to have you back on, brother. As we're going into the weekend, everybody have a great weekend. Everybody stay safe. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.